Good afternoon, Patriots. Today is January 13th, 2021, and you are listening to Living with Liberty. I am your host, Ryan. Today we will talk about the hypocritical big tech kingmakers, as well as a couple of reasons for optimism, all next on Living with Liberty. Before I get into our main topics for today, I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't give you a a warning really about the planned capital protests that I believe are coming up this weekend. My advice, especially based off of what happened in Washington, D.C. last week, is to stay home. Patriots, just stay home. They are just a trap that will be used to create another crisis to further the left's cause to strip more of our freedom and liberty. Friends, I, I, I'm as big of an advocate for our constitutional rights, our right to assemble as, as the next patriotic American, um, but I think we need to be careful here. We need to be very careful. We need to think about this. We need to be real that it's easy to get caught up in the emotion right now of what's going on and how we all feel. Our best bet our best bet for our cause is to just stay home and not fall into the trap that is being set. I have uh, several groups I'm in on MeWe, and in one in particular, I I, I posted this, and there's a, a a proud boy in there that said they are absolutely sitting this one out because it is absolutely going to be a trap. They see it. They're posting it all over there. Uh, their chat boards and websites and their communications. So patriots, please, please, please stay home and do not fall into this trap. So with that out of the way, let's let's get into our first topic here. Um, it's our friends at Big Tech. Jack Dorsey and Mark Zuckerberg, along with their minions that work for them, really seem to fancy their, themselves as kingmakers. It's not enough that they meddled in our election. They are now doing it overseas, too. Uganda banned both Facebook and Twitter ahead of their upcoming elections. The reason? The platforms engaged in unfair censorship to prop up the opposition candidate. That sounds really familiar, doesn't it? I'm guessing that opposition candidate left their basement a little more often than Beijing Biden did, though. Uh, A spokesman for the Ugandan president called out Facebook in particular for silencing accounts linked to the incumbent president's campaign. The spokesman stated Facebook is interfering in the electoral process of Uganda. If people wanted to have outside uh, interference or have um, uh, proof of outside interference, now they have it. Facebook said they took down users promoting the Ugandan president because the campaign used fake and duplicate accounts to manage pages, uh, comment on other people's content, impersonate users, reshare posts and groups to make them appear more popular than they actually were. Given the impending election in Uganda, we moved quickly to investigate and take down this network. And this is all Facebook's uh, statement to uh, uh, Reuters, I believe it was. 
So who made Facebook the international governing body of elections? Under what legal authority do they have to interfere in any country's elections in this manner? Think about this for a second. Social media is a public square now. It is the public square now. It has essentially become that soapbox in the middle of town that we all stand upon and speak our minds and speak truth and speak whatever we want, really. Now, back in the days of town squares, if someone said something that was untrue or controversial or, or conspiratorial to the point that someone didn't like it, were they banned from the town square? No. They likely were booed, heckled, and maybe had rotten fruit thrown at them. There were no moral arbiters in the town square banning people. people the people handled it themselves. They heard something they didn't like or they thought sounded fishy. They would walk away and check it out for themselves. Maybe they give another listen to that person the next time they're in the town square. But if that person was still spouting the fake news and the conspiracy theories and just, you know, untruths, then they would be labeled as the town kook. The people thought and decided for themselves. There were no moral arbiters telling them what they could or could not listen to. There were no moral arbiters telling them what they needed to believe. People did it for themselves. Now, if you had any doubts that our most recent election cycle here in the U.S. resembled that of a third world country, listen to this. According to Reuters, this campaign in Uganda was wrought with intimidation and marred by brutal crackdowns on opposition rallies that have left scores dead. Huh. This all really sounds familiar also. Now, we had the soy boys of Antifa along with BLM trying to intimidate all campaign season long. And while there hasn't been scores of people that have died, there certainly have been deaths that occurred because of the violence. We, in even most recently last week at the Capitol, unfortunately, political violence is, is no reason, and, and it really needed to be cracked down upon. Um, you know, I'm not for it. Again, I'm not for any of it at all. Our right is to assemble peaceably. It's our right to assemble, but it's not our right to assemble and violently protest. Now, again, I'm a, I'm a First Amendment-loving American and a, pro, a proponent of free speech and the right to assemble and all that. But here is where I wish our elected officials and bureaucrats would have had the stones to do this. I wish they would have shut down Facebook and Twitter when it became obvious that they were basically making in-kind donations to one campaign and not the other. And I, and this is really particularly after the Hunter Biden lab, laptop fiasco, where the New York Post article breaking this story was wiped off the internet. Now I know, Uganda probably isn't the model for free and fair elections, but that isn't my point here. My point is, these tech companies are not the moral compass of society. They have not been appointed by anyone as protectors of elections. Their actions, in terms of interfering with elections, warrants this crackdown, in my opinion. Either they leave it up, all of it, and let the people decide what's fake news, what's real, what they need to research, or take it all down 
and allow no political campaigning on their platforms. None of this half-assed BS of picking a side that comports with their ideology. All or nothing. That's how it has to be when it comes to these matters. Now, I don't want you to think I'm ignoring Twitter. I wanted to address those hypocrites separately. Now, of course, Dorsey's dingus brigade wasn't quiet on the matter either. For anyone who watched Tucker Carlson last night, he put up this tweet. It's from the Twitter public policy account, and this is what they had to say ahead of the Ugandan election. We're hearing reports that internet service providers are being ordered to block social media and messaging apps. We strongly condemn internet shutdowns. They are hugely harmful and violate basic human rights and the principles of the open internet. Well, my first question here, why the hell does Twitter have a public policy handle? Who anointed them a bureaucratic power? These fools think they are the government now. They think we should listen to them and bow down to their whims. We should bend the knee to them. If Trump said that his last as uh, last act as president in his last days here was to build a wall around Silicon Valley, I would seriously consider donating my tax return dollars this year to the effort. Though that probably wouldn't be necessary because we would just fire up the printing presses anyway to print the needed money for that wall. Now, Twitter strongly condemns internet shutdowns? Well, really? You spent all of our 2020 campaign cycle, and really the four years before that, the, the years of Trump here, banning people from your platform, violating basic human rights, as you put it, and hugely harming the integrity of our election. The fact is, as long as you, Twitter, are saying, or you as uh, individuals are saying the right things, as long as you are running on the ideology that comports with Twitter's, Twitter will help you in any way they can. And that includes silencing your opposition. That, uh, that uh, hypocrisy isn't just in the Ugandan tweet. Go to the Twitter public policy account and proudly pinned at the top is a tweet that states this, and I quote, Protecting the open internet is a key objective for Twitter. It's why we exist. (laughs) Hold on here. Hopefully, if you were drinking something, you didn't spit it all out yet. You'll need to save some because it gets even better. There's two points in this uh, first part of this thread. They say uh, there are two points to consider, and I'm quoting this thread again. Uh, Point number one. Avoid entrenching the dominance of the biggest players by protecting competition. And point two, focus on how content is discovered and amplified and less on removal alone. Whoa, 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 hold on here. Protecting the internet is why Twitter exists? Protecting it for whom? The commies you serve? Twitter sure as hell isn't protecting it for those dissenting voices and and those that are speaking out against their ideology, protecting competition, 
Twitter basically just colluded with their other fascist buddies in big tech to shut down Parler. Sounds like you are eliminating competition to me. But then again, it shouldn't be a surprise to these, uh, you know, for these leftist lunatics, down is up and up is down. It's total opposite bizarro world with them. Focus less on removal alone. Really? Twitter has done nothing but remove content it doesn't agree with. The shadow banning, the throttling of content, that has all been the norm. The removal of Trump, the removal of prominent uh, uh, conservative voices, the removal of many of you who dared to speak out in dissent against their ideology. Now, my last add on this, Twitter, uh, the Twitter public policy, even has the nerve to speak of legislation and its effect, as if Twitter even cares about that. They lobby hard for favorable legislation to them. A couple of snippets I have here from that thread, uh, and this is, again, I quote, Twitter pub- uh, from Twitter Public Policy, the, uh, their account there, it says, if legislation serves to cement the position of larger companies, it will harm the open internet and consumer choice irreparably. In sum, robust competition and guaranteeing a fair playing field are essential. Now, again, it gets better, and, and by that you can take it to mean as it gets worse in terms of the hypocrisy. Uh, it goes on. The uh, thread says this, the longest tech, uh, the largest, excuse me, the largest technology companies favor an outcome that protects their commercial position. Oh, really? Thank you for that bit of knowledge, Twitter. Okay. So what are you going to do to stop this from happening again, Twitter? What is being done to achieve the objective of protecting the open internet? Are your army of lobbyists pushing for legislation that promotes competition? Are your lobbyists uh, promoting legislation that protects free speech in in what is now the public town square? I'm going to go with the axiom of actions speak louder than words here. And I'm going to say it's a big no on that as to what Twitter's actually doing to to meet what they claim to be their objective of protecting the internet. Uh, and I'm basing this off of the great purge of accounts that's going on right now that we've seen previously and it continues to go on, and as well as the shutting down of Parler. Friends, I, I know some of you right now may still be in uh, that camp. You may be saying, well, they're private companies. They can do what they want with their platforms. We are bo- beyond that point right now. We are to the point where these companies have gotten in their minds that they are now the government, that they are now the regulators. They will decide for us what we can see or hear. And as much as I like connecting with the people on Parler and MeWe and elsewhere in social media land, it may be time to end this experiment of social media in its current form. Take down Section 230. Abolish it. I was in uh, I was in the reform camp, 
But after seeing what's been going on and what continues to go on and the continued meddling in elections, we may be to the point where it just doesn't work anymore. And social media in its current form is too much of a danger to our society and and our democracies. And besides, you know, maybe if we get people out from behind their keyboards, discourse turns more positive and respectful again. There's that fear of of some sort of retribution should you make an insult to somebody's face. It can be a powerful motivator. So let's tie things up with a couple of positive stories. Uh, The first one I have is from an Epic Times piece. Uh, It's called Pence Refuses to Invoke the 25th Amendment. Now, whatever your feelings are on Mike Pence these days, this is a smart move. One reason, and as Pence notes in the article, it would set a dangerous precedent and is not consistent with the Constitution. President Trump is neither incapacitated nor does he have some disability that would prevent him from discharging the duties of his office. If Pence were to proceed, then what would stop anyone in the future from doing the same thing to a president they didn't like for any little misstep? Now, I did see. Uh, late last night that the circus clowns in the House did vote to pass their resolution to call on Pence to invoke the 25th Amendment. The vote passed with all Democrats, no surprise, and one Republican. I have—I uh, didn't have time to, to sort through the, the roll call vote to see who that one Republican was, but uh, I'm putting it out there, and, and hopefully you'll, you'll have more time than I did to do that. Now, you know, looking at this, this seriously, I mean, absolutely seriously, this is the clown show our government has become. We're eight days now, seven days out from inaugurating a new president, and these clowns on Capitol Hill are still screwing around with impeachment, still screwing around with 25th Amendment, is instead of doing the business of the country, we voted for this. We have to do better. Um, you know, I look at it, Trump is so inside their heads that they wasted time, wasted the people's time, the time they're on the clock on our dime to vote on a resolution that Pence already said he wasn't going to honor, that he wasn't going to pursue. They still wasted time doing this. Now, I've got a couple suggestions here. Uh, one, I suggest that you call Jamie Raskin's office and ask him why he would waste the time to propose this resolution. He's the one that brought it to the floor. He's the one that proposed the bill. Then call your rep if they voted for this really waste of time and ask them if they are planning on doing anything productive on our time and our dime. These people are ridiculous and need to be held accountable for their irrational and unhinged behavior. And they prove the point again I don't think I've said it in a podcast yet, but I've said it over the years. We should replace the Capitol building with a red and white striped big top tent because it's nothing but a circus. Now, the second reason this is a smart move by Pence uh, and really, uh, really smart to be out uh, in the open out ahead of this and denouncing this as a as an option at this point is because if he didn't, if he or if he would have proceeded. I think that would have been the spark that ignited the powder keg and we would have seen 
maybe something like the Capitol or even worse as, 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 it, as, as abhorrent as that is, I, you know, the times are interesting to say the least right now and everybody's on edge. So I, I, I look at this as, as a, the, you know, the second part of the good move by Pence to do this. It likely helps keep the peace, especially given the left's continued marginalization and demonization of everyone associated or supporting President Trump. Now, the last story I think here will put a smile on your face. It's a good way to tie up our, our time together today. It's another Epic Times piece that I'll link in the description box. And this one's titled, Idaho Internet Provider Blocks Access to Twitter and Facebook to Those Customers Who Request It. Now, this is just freaking awesome. F-A-F-O, Twitter and Facebook. And if you're not familiar with that acronym, take a look look it up. I I try to stay family friendly here on on the show. Um, But uh, the company, it's uh, Your T1 Wi-Fi which services Spokane, Washington, and Northern Idaho, is blocking the websites based on customer requests. So if someone no longer wants Facebook or Twitter on their internet feed, the company is blocking it. Anyone who doesn't request that it be blocked will still have access to it, so it's not not an all or nothing. They can do it based on the line into your home, it looks like. I say score one here for the good guys, and hats off to your T1 Wi-Fi, for accommodating their customers in this respect. Many of you have asked me, uh, you know, at various points, what can we do? Here's another perfect example of what we can do. Call your providers and tell them to block the feed of Twitter and Facebook in, in terms of your internet. This is how, you know, we can continue to fight back. And what we need to do, and ending with this, we need to keep fighting back. And we need to show big tech that if you silence us, we will silence you. Friends, that's my show for today. Thank you for listening. If you are listening on a platform that allows reviews, I'd be grateful if you left a positive one for me. Also, I'd appreciate if you subscribe to the show and signed up for notifications. Subscribing helps us move up the charts. And in this day of uh, uncertainty with social media, notifications help you. Uh, know when I post new content, and all this helps more people find the truth. I appreciate you spending some time with me today. Please help me spread the truth by sharing my podcast with friends and family, as well as on your social media accounts. Also, I'd be so grateful if you subscribed to my podcast and signed up for notifications. In this time of social media uncertainty, it will help you stay updated with Living with Liberty. With Parlor Down, I can be found on MeWe by searching at Living with Liberty and on Gab. My handle there is at Living with Liberty. Liberty isn't a given. We must fight to protect it. Working together, we will do exactly that. Until next time.